I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome to another edition of the Lost for Words DraftKings podcast. I'm joined as ever by Matt Vincenzi. Matt, hello. Hey, Tom. How'd it go for you last week? Yeah, it was um, a mixed bag because all my kind of best lineups had DJ in them. So once he kind of shit the bed for the weekend, that was it. Um, I felt like he was in a good position to succeed and and just didn't go there right. And these things happen. You know, we, we, we knew he was going to be low owned. We used him as a kind of leverage play. Well, I certainly did anyway. Um, Fitz did what we expected Fitz to do. Um, Hadwin served me well. Um, I know he was kind of a chalky play, but and even Webb, like, kind of got a sort of a, a line on him that he was he was kind of healthy, which was nice. Um, didn't show it in the end over the weekend, but you know it was it was an interesting week. How about yourself? Uh, it was pretty good. I, I went with the balance approach. Um, I ended up pretty much going most of my lineups with uh, um, just because I saw the ownership pivot off of Fleetwood so I went really Lowry Fleetwood Fitzpatrick for most of my lineups and those lineups did very well and um they're not very well they just kind of hung around and all cashed and I kind of made my money back and you know given the big week I had the week before I think making my money back and moving on was a good result for me yeah I mean I had a lineup that could have been really good I mean I had Fitzpatrick and Strillman inside the top seven and it had Kisner DJ uh Merritt and Simpson, you know, there was some leverage plays in there and it could have been really good, but Merritt just, you know, did what he did over the weekend, which has been what he's done, right? And these things happen. They, they, maybe the process was right and the result wasn't. It's just, you just have to go with the flow, right? There's, there's, there's no two ways about it. It's, it's DFS, it's it's a lot of skill, and but there's also a lot of variance like there is in betting golf. I mean, like you said, I had, I had Fleetwood in a lineup, I had Fleetwood Hatton, as opposed to Lowry, and that had Lipsky and Lee, who looked like great little picks uh, yeah. early on. And if anyone had heard the cuttings that we left on the floor last week, uh, we liked both of those guys. But uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I know you had a nice ticket on Danny Lee uh, to first round Lee, which would have been, which would have been nice. But um, you know, and who else was it? You had you had someone that, that did co lead, didn't you? It was it was Lipsky, and I Lipsky, um, yeah. a four way split, so it was all right. Yeah. That's good. I mean, I had Danny Lee. That's, oh, I had Danny Lee. I don't know why I said you did, but yeah. <laughs> um, there we go. We're going to go into the match play, and we're going to do it as um, a sort of betting show as well. So we didn't do betting on the match play for our previous Lost Words podcast, so we'll, we'll talk some bets as well. But I think what we're going to do, Matt, is we're just going to go read the bracket challenge like everyone else is going to be doing out there. We're just going to go from the left-hand side down, um, kind of talk about our favourite plays in each group and, uh, and work away from there. And I think what we'll do is... We'll talk it out, try and agree, um, and, and make our own podcast bracket and, and go from there. Cool. So we'll start off, obviously, with John Rahm's group. So you've got John Rahm as the number one seed, Patrick Reed, 23rd seed, Cameron Young, Sebastian Munoz. Are we going to get a surprise in this group? I'm going to say no. I'm, I'm going to have Rahm go through for me because, one, he was the only one seed last year to get out of his bracket, I'm pretty sure, and... I think he's due for a better week. I know the Masters coming up, and I can picture him kind of gearing it up and getting it ready for the Masters and playing really well. Um, I don't think he's going to win this thing, but I do think he's going to make a, a pretty decent run. And you're going to see a lot of talk about Cameron Young, and I'm very, um, I'm very concerned about the the chalky underdog guy here. Yeah, I think it would be stupid to oppose John Rahm because I think, and the things that you're going to read out there is what I'm going to say here. It's not going to be a, a you know a big brainwave, but the putting has been the massive issue and you can get a little bit more aggressive in match play when it comes to putting and that should serve him well. I think Cameron Young is going to be the guy that everyone hopes is going to topple Rahm. Patrick Reed's not playing like Patrick Reed. If he's ever going to come back to form, it might be in a match play format. But um, I certainly don't see Munoz being uh, a factor. I know he's he's great and he has his first round leader runs and birdies uh, you know, galore at times, but uh, he was 0-3-0 here on his only start. Yeah, I think Ram Ram is definitely the play for us. Cool. So we, that was pretty easy. Um, Brooks Kepka in the next group. So this is Group 16. So this is who's going to be playing them in the last 16. Brooks Kepka, Shane Lowry, Harold Varner the Third, and Eric Van Royen. Difficult one this one because you've got Brooks Kepka who's not he's not playing badly enough to completely rule him out, but he's not playing his best. And you've got Shane Lowry there, very much in form. 
do you think it comes down between those two, or do you think Varner or Van Royen can surprise? Well, we saw EVR make a run last year, so that's you know concerning when you when you try to consider who else might come out of it. Um, but I do think it's between those two, and I'm worried about Lowry's you know fatigue setting in at, at some yeah. point. It's, especially with this event, it's a lot of golf in a short amount of time, and he's you know played what five six weeks in a row, and I think he's gonna maybe hit a wall at some point. That's the while I think he's playing better than Brooks and I like him better than Brooks, that's kind of the reason why I sided with Brooks for this one. But I'm open to uh, to your thoughts here. I I would have been on Lowry. Uh, I think that would be the obvious play for me. But I think, you know, it's, Brooks can do anything, right? Like Brooks can simply do anything. He's 6-5-1 and one, uh, at this golf course, so pretty balanced in, in what he's done here. I, I think that the fatigue is a very good point on uh, Brooks because I think that uh, on Shane Larry, sorry, because he's just played so much golf and he hasn't got the rewards that he wanted out of him. I could see this being the one where it gets busted by uh, Eric Van Royd or or even Harold Van Third, but I think if I was, you know, for the purposes of the bracket, I'd probably be with Brooks. Same, yeah, we're we're in agreement. Cool. So let's go with Brooks in there. Um, so just talking about those guys um, from DraftKings salary wise, you've got John Rahm at eleven three is the most expensive. Uh, in the event and Brooks at nine four, will you be trying to put either of those two in your lineups? Ram possibly, um, probably Brooks. I'm not going to be playing no, because there's just volatility from that group in general. And yeah, I don't trust him. I don't necessarily love him. I just don't love the group in in its entirety. And I think he's the best bet to make it through. But I would not be shocked at all for anything to happen in that group. So he's not a guy I'm really looking to play. The only thing I would say about the the this section is the or the quadrant if you like is that the next two groups are, can be a little bit iffy. So the, the next group up is Bryson DeChambeau, Taylor Gooch, Lee Westwood, Richard Bland. Now Bryson DeChambeau is hurt. There's no two ways of getting about that. I think he's probably also had a couple of slaps on the wrist for his uh, Saudi take. So you've got that to uh, to contend with as well. Taylor Gooch, we just I don't really know what to expect from him um, in this format. I know. You know, everyone's got their kind of opinions on what Taylor Gooch is and isn't. But do you think either one of the old guard in Lee Westwood or Richard Bland are a factor in this group? Yeah, I personally have Westy coming out of here. Um, Bryson is obviously a wild card, and he could be very play very well. But with the wrist injury stuff, you know, other guys you've seen with the wrist injury has been, have been messed up for a while. JT a couple of years ago, Berger a couple of years ago. It, wrist is not a good injury to have in golf, and I think for him it's. And especially with how hard he swings it, I just think it's too risky. And um, I went with Westwood because he was very good last year. He um, came out of his group, and I think he won it, won another match. And um, he was playing a lot better golf last year, to be fair. But he just is so experienced. He's 38, 36, and 2 overall in match play singles in his career. And um, just out of all the guys, he's kind of the one I, you know, I think could get out of here. Yeah, I, look, I think the... One, he won that most recent singles matchup in the Ryder Cup against Harris English, which mm-hmm. you know, maybe Harris English was you know, out of form, but he beat Cyril Hatton here last year, 4-3. and three. He beat Matt Wallace here, 5-3 and three last year. Lost to Sergio Garcia, who, if you're talking about career trajectories, they're kind of like blow for blow, right? They're both very solid European Tour players that have been around major contending for a long time. Um, it's a tough one. I, I, don't like, I don't like Bryson at all. I think if you're mm-hmm. going to do anything with Bryson, if you want to bet him, he's 40 to 1 or whatever for the upside. But I don't even necessarily think even that his best is a great golf course for him or great format. So not rushing to the ticket for that. Taylor Gooch, I just, it feels like he's going to be the lit down because I think everyone's going to go to Taylor Gooch. So that leads me between Westwood and Bland. And I, I, I'm i not on the Bland train. I found it quite funny. He put that he was on, uh, he got himself uh, an invite instead of Valero. And I said it was nice for one of the young up and comers to get. A shot uh, in that <laughs> so uh, yeah no it'd be interesting so let's have Lee Westwood I think that's probably the first shock um, and he will be looking to play either Dustin Johnson Max Homer Matthew Wolf or Mackenzie Hughes uh, in the last 16 I am going to take on the favorite in this bracket I don't know about you yeah that's who I have um, and uh, just so everyone knows my brackets already filled out so I'm not just agreeing with what, with what you said um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think Homa's going to be very popular, um, and you know for good reason. He's playing well, but DJ is so good in match play. 
He's he's won at this course and the first time they played it here. And um, I still think he's playing well enough to where he can take care of this group. He's still that daunting figure when you're going against him one-on-one in a match play. Uh, I think it's a great course for him. Uh, I like the drivable par fours. And I, I think even though he hasn't been playing that well, I still think his driver is, is going pretty well. So I'm, I'm with DJ here. Yeah, I mean, like you say, I think Max Homer would be the choice. And, and originally when I had it out, I had Homer. Um, and then I just think about Dustin. Like, I think he's he's kind of just ambling along. And I don't, I don't think it's necessarily that he's playing bad. I just think he's I don't know, he's probably got over that kind of Saudi stuff. He's been in talks with that an awful lot. And I don't want to keep using that as an excuse, but I think I think that does weigh down on you a lot of a lot of talks all the time with agents and things like that. I think that the courses he's been playing at aren't necessarily the best for him. Whereas, you know, he's got a good record here. He beat Paul Casey in the Ryder Cup, the most recent obviously match play he's had. I know he he lost to Kevin Nahr, didn't he? Uh, was it Kevin Nahr that made him make a putt from whatever yeah, yeah. it was? Uh, probably rattled him a little bit. But he beat Adam Long, as you would expect. He halved with Robert McIntyre, who was playing well at the time. So, yeah, I, I would take Dustin Johnson. I, I wanted to be on Max Homer, but um, I, I can't. I don't have a strong enough reason to not take Dustin Johnson. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Scotty Scheffler and then an all-English trio of Matthew Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, Ian Poulter. Now... When I was doing my early research for this, and this is before I even looked into records, into um, you know course fits or anything, I just felt that Fitzpatrick was playing so well that he was going to be my guy. And then I looked at the record, and I, I didn't like it. I didn't like what I saw. I don't like the fact he's got Scotty Scheffler in his group. I think Scheffler is excellent. I think he's got... I wouldn't say it's the easiest group because you've got Fleetwood and Poulter playing well there, but I... I see it as he's the clear favourite in this as opposed to some of the others where there's been some question marks. So I would actually take Scheffler, but respect that any one of those three can give him a good match. Yeah. Um, first, you know, about Fitz, and this is kind of a, you know, I, I wish there was a better way to say it, but it takes balls to win one of these things. Yeah, yeah. And it, it you you got to be nails. And I don't know if I've seen that from him to kind of nut up and go in there and just take it from somebody. And, I hope he can, because I'm a huge fan of him. I like him a lot. Again, was on him last week, but so that was the thing that turned me off about him. Um, and I have Tommy Fleetwood winning this, um, winning this group. And to be honest with you, I haven't won in the whole thing because. Oh wow. Okay. Well, then yeah. let's let's put Fleetwood in there because if you think he's going to win the whole thing, then that's better than what I think Shepherd's going to do. So we're having Fleetwood in our bracket. Um, but go 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 into the Fleetwood reasoning. Yeah. Um, I like how he's playing. I watched a lot of him in the groups. He was featured a lot on the ESPN Plus coverage, and I just liked the way he was hitting the ball. He was flighting it, um, you know, high, low, making all the right shots. And I liked the way he was putting. He was putting with a lot of pace, which when he's putting well and he's putting confidently, he has pace behind his butts. And I think for match play, that's a good thing too. Like we talked about, you can run it by, and you, it usually won't hurt you. Um, he's starting to, sh- to show form, right? He gained eight strokes from tee to green at, at the players. And... While there was that obvious, you know, wave advantage, um, which factored into that, it just seems like he's starting to hit the ball well. Uh, you know, 16th last week, or sorry, tied for 12th last week, um, and 12, nine, and three in singles. Had that, he's been there before. He had that great run in the Ryder Cup. I know he lost his singles match, but he was the second uh, leading point getter in that in that event. And I just, I think he's he's gonna eventually win. And maybe this is the type of change of pace event that could get him over the hump. Yeah, and I. Th- it's funny because I think about Tommy Fleetwood, right? And I think that all I remember is the Golf National and the, the partnership he had with Molinari. And I always think it gets overrated what he done there because I thought Molinari was so good. I almost kind of dragged him along. So there's that element to it. But then you look at his record and he halved with Jordan Speed at the Ryder Cup when he wasn't, you know, Europe were terrible that week. He lost to Billy Horschel in the last 16, I think. But it took him to 19 holes to do that. And he actually mm-hmm. beat Dylan Fratelli four and three beat Bryson one up, beat Anton Rosner four and three. And what I like about that is that he dispatched of players that he should do and comfortably. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not just a case of, like, he he scraped through one up against, but those are the people he was expected to beat, and he did. Um, and then the, the year before, um, he halved with Siwoo Kim in that, in that group as well, sorry. But the year before, or 2019, he got beat comprehensively by Louis Ustazer, but that's no real... Shock like Louis Ustazen is very, very good. He halved with Carl Stanley, you could argue, is not a great result. Three and two against Benny Arn. Like, he generally does what he should do. That you know, the six and four loss to Tony Finau at the Ryder Cup was exhaustion, I'm pretty sure. 
um, more than anything else. So I'm not too concerned about that. Um, so Tommy Fleetwood, I imagine, is a great play for you on DraftKings as well. Yeah, 8K flat. I like him a lot to, uh, in the lineups. The group is tough, and the Scheffler thing is tough, but Scheffler's coming off a couple a couple of recent wins, and you know how long is going to keep it up for? And then he went to the finals last year, and we've seen guys repeat success here. But, I mean, time's running out for him at some point, you got to think. And I think with Tommy, just like as you mentioned, you did a great job explaining why he's such a good match play player, and I, I just think it's the right time for him. Yeah, I think it's just... It's just tough, right? Like you know, you look at it and you think, how can Scotty Scheffler get beat? And then you realise that these first seeds just don't get through very often. Like they just don't. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole format was changed so that you would hopefully get a last eight of Ram, Morikawa, Thomas, Hovland, whatever. You just don't. It doesn't happen. So um, you've got to find who it is that's going to get beat. Um, and Scheffler's got three potential banana skins. I mean, Poulter, we haven't even really mentioned, he has one of the best match play records of anyone. So it's... And, he, and he's been pretty good here. Like He's 9-3-0 at this goal, of course. So it's it's not like he can't put his own two swords into it. So if he beat Scheffler early, like I can't, I can't actually remember what order... Can you remember who's going out first in that group? No. No. So, I mean, if Scheffler just gets beat in the first match, I don't see him coming back and trying to rally to win the last two and hope that others go his way i think he'll just exit very quickly yeah, we, we, we have to mention this polter 47 19 and 5 in singles matches in his career yeah. insane so i don't like him this week but hey wouldn't you this me. could this could be a group this could be a group that they all just kind of beat each other and is actually a playoff because there's no mm-hmm. kind of separation between any of them so interesting to see now if scheffler was to get through to that there could be a repeat of the final uh, in the last 16 because you've got Billy Horschel, Thomas Peters, Tom Hoagie, Minwoo Lee uh, in this group. Now, the way Horschel's been playing, the way Horschel won this event last year, the, you know, the obvious pick would be that I quite like Tom Hoagie. I think he's hitting the ball really well. That if I, I, I always like Thomas Peters. He's, he's he doesn't owe me anything. He's he's won me money in the past, but. And he, he was great at the Ryder Cup uh, Hazel team. Um, but I, I think if anyone was going to challenge Horschel, it would be Tom Hoagie. Yeah, I, I'm very open to your suggestion on this one because I, I put Minwoo Lee, and I don't love it, um, but we've seen a guy who is not necessarily in the best form, an international player, kind of make a run here. We saw it with, with Perez last year, just a guy who kind of comes out of nowhere and makes the run. And this is the group I don't really love anybody. Um, so that's the reason I picked him. No, no real strong feel. So... Um, if you like Hoagie, I'm with you on that one. Billy, obviously, could be could be good, but I don't really like to back repeat winners. And um, Peter seems like he's been letting everybody down lately. And every time people want to pick him, he does poorly. And anytime you don't want to, he does well. And I, I've seen some people picking him this week. And I just think, what's he done lately to show us that he's that he's ready to to do something like this? Yeah, and you speak about that variance. Just going back to 2019, Lucas Bureaugard got through to the final 16, then beat Tiger in the quarterfinals, mm-hmm. um, come up short to Matt Kuchar in the end. But Houghton Lee got through uh, to that last 16, then got annihilated by Kevin Kisner. But you do get some guys that just get through this event. And, you know, that that would be the appeal. Is it, I think everyone, the thing is with match play is everyone wants to back the underdog because there's just no value in, in backing the favourites and they don't have a good record. So everyone just mm-hmm. wants to go and find... You know, maybe you just go and get three guys uh, that are the least favourite. You go, you go and get Poulter, you go and get uh, Minwoo Lee, and you, and you get one other, and just and just put them in a treble and 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 try that. But it's it's just interesting. You had last year, you had Victor Perez, like you said. You had Dylan Fratelli, who I always think there's a lot of upside to, and Eric Van Roy making the the final 16. So it's you always get one surprise. I think Tom Hoagie is just so motivated and so playing so well right now that. I would go with him. Yeah, um, let's do it. Tyrrell Hatton, Daniel Berger, Siwoo Kim, Christian Bezwedenhout. Um, I know who I don't want to bet on this, and this is Christian Bezwedenhout, which probably will come back to bite me. Um, but he will not be my selection. So no, it won't. It won't. It never. It never comes back to bite you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have a take. The, the take is that's the one that I think is out. I I, I picked Daniel Berger for my own. Um, benefit but I, I don't really know that he's a strong favorite in this i i picked hatton and for me it was between hatton and Berger. i like the obviously you know all the cliche things you're going to hear about match play hatton yep. fits he, he's he's the uh fiery guy the quote-unquote bulldog he's gonna you know he's tough to play against and i i think that works in his favor and 
if he was playing poorly, he's somebody who I would even consider because of that reason. So the fact that he's actually playing pretty well makes me think he's a pretty formidable threat in this group. Um, but talk about course fit. I mean, Berger won at Colonial two years ago in a strong field. This is a great course fit for him too. So I'm torn between those two. It's interesting because it's a really good course fit, but he's not necessarily shown it. You know, in, in 2016 on his debut, he lost to Patrick Reed, lost to Phil Mickelson, both one up, conceded to Matthew Fitzpatrick. Can't remember what happened there. 2017 comes back, beats JB Holmes seven and five, but then loses five and four to Phil Mickelson, loses one up to Siwoo Kim, who's in this group again. Um, then he beats Siwoo Kim in the Presidents Cup, but then the next time, 2018 match play, lost to Kevin Chappell, lost to Ian Polzer, lost to Tommy Fleetwood. Like he's taken a lot. He lost to Brendan Todd last year. Um, he's taken a lot of L's in this um, mm-hmm. already. And I just sometimes that gets in your head when you're a player of, of, of someone like Daniel Berger's qualities, who I think he probably is more confident about himself than anyone else is him. Um, I, th- I think it can get into your head when you start not seeing those results go your way. Right. I think I think we go with Hatton here. Yep, I like Hatton. I can take him. And I think you, you look at the people that Hatton's lost to. I mean. His last, what is it? His, his last four matches here, loads of his matches here have actually not gone his way, but the people he's lost to are Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia, Matt Kuchar, Patrick Reed, Cameron Smith. Like, they're all guys that you'd expect him to struggle against. So I mm-hmm. think in a slightly softer group, we'll take him. That was a long way of saying Tim Hudson. Um, yeah. Patrick Cantley, Sanjay Ims, Seamus Power, Keith Mitchell. I do think there'll be a surprise in here. Um, I've taken Keith Mitchell. <laughs> Not a surprise for me. I took him and I bet him to win at 90-1 to 1 already. Nice. Um, t- we're talking about the, the prototype here. I mean, two, the last, two of the last three winners have come from Georgia, and three of the last three have been SEC guys. I just think you get him to one of these shorter Bermuda courses. He can get a hot putter in Bermuda. Um, some drivable par fours. It's just such a great course for him. I like the format for him. I just think it's a perfect setup for him. Do you know who the three matches he played in 2019? No. Okay, so he lost to Tony Fina, two and one, which I don't think is, you know, a massive disaster. He beat Ian Poulter one up, and he lost two and one to Kevin Kisner. So he's played two of the best players in this format. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a better player now. He's in the best form of his life. Um, okay, you'd like to maybe seen him beat Tony Fino in terms of course fit, etc. But you know those two losses that he's had to to Kevin Kisner and uh, and Tony Fino are certainly not going to do him any harm, and he beat Ian Bolter, so that's always a good sign. Um, Seamus Power, I just have no real interest in. There's, there's nothing I really have to say on Seamus Power. I think the, the form has gone off. Uh, Sung Jae not hitting his irons anywhere near as well as he has been in the past, and Patrick Cantlay, I think, is just the guy that I think is susceptible to, to losing in favouritism. He's been underwhelming in match play, I think, in his career. Let's have a look at Patrick Cantlay. Because I, I think I think I thought that, and then when I looked at the record, it was actually better than I thought. So he beat Shane Larry at the Ryder Cup 4-2. and um, Lost 4-2 to Hideki, but then he beat Carlos Ortiz, Brian Harmon, Joaquin Neiman, which you'd expect him to win all those, right? That's not too much of a surprise. Lost to Tiger Woods. Um, beat Aaron Wise, Harvard Brant Seneca. So it's not been, it's not been yeah, great. Yeah, not terrible. Yusuke Miziato was the one he beat in 2018. So, and he lost to Cameron Smith. Um, he, he, he beat Lowry, but Lowry's been surprisingly pretty awful in singles. And and not only that, I think Lowry had done so much in the team part of that Ryder Cup mm-hmm. that you know I think I think he was spent. So you look at the scalps he's had and not great and. One eye on Augusta, I think, already. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not for me. So Keith Mitchell there. Let's get to the other side of the bracket then so we can kind of start building out what our DraftKings lineup can look like. So I think at the moment you can you can get a decent lineup in. If you like Keith Mitchell, you, you like uh, Tommy Fleetwood to go all the way, and then you could probably put those in with John Rahm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thinking, and I... let, me, let, me, let me just try and put that together. So I just said John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood, where is he, 8K flat, Keith Mitchell's got to be one of the cheaper guys here, 7-1. That's leaving you with 7-8, nearly 7-9 on average uh, mm-hmm. going on to the other side. So I like that. Let's uh, let's carry on in that vein. Folks, spring is right around the corner, and you know what that means? The Masters is coming. It also means that it's time for a tidy up in your pants, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. 
trust me, your confidence will be blooming like the azaleas at Augusta, and like that beautiful course in Georgia, you're going to want to feel and look your best in time to sit down and watch the biggest event of the golfing calendar. It's time to clear out that winter bush and join 4 million men who trust Manscaped. Use code LFW20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Manscaped are the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing Performance Package 4.0. Inside this ball care bundle, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is a pube assassin that is waterproof and equipped with an LED light, so you bet. It's a major key to the new shower routine as you sit down to watch the major championship. Colin Morikawa, uh, Jason Kokrak, Sergio Garcia, Robert McIntyre. I'm taking on the favourite again. Colin. You're taking Colin? No, no, I'm not. You are. No, 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 no. Sorry, I'm taking him on as in I think someone can beat him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Me too, me too. So I think it'll be Sergio. Me, me too. <laughs> That's easy then. Let's get Sergio in. Um, match play veteran. Uh, you know, not much needs to be said about Sergio Garcia. Fine Ryder Cup record, um, good record in this event. Uh, you know, just I'm pretty sure that the course fit has, has always been good. 12, 7, and 1. So he's got 12.5 points from possible whatever that is. I, my maths is not very good at this time of night. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Robert McIntyre is not playing as well as he was. And when he advanced from his group last year, he's 1, 1, and 1. So he had like one win, one tie, one loss. So it wasn't. You know, exciting. Colin's just been out of form, and Jason Kograk's not playing well either. Tee screen. Yeah, I, I, I love Sergio here. I, I bet him at fifty to one. So my three bets so far are Sergio and Tommy both at fifty, and Mitchell at ninety. And um, I just one of my favorite memories of twenty twenty one watching golf was Sergio at this event. Yeah. I thought up until the final eight, where where he was eliminated, he was the best player. Um, he was just exceptional the short par fours i love watching him at because he hits it so long and so straight just underrated distance um and he had some amazing shots going into those holes had the hole in one i just re- and i was on him last year and i just really enjoyed watching him play that and i think it's a great format for him um my only concern i don't have any concern of him getting out of the group i think he will my concern with him is just it seems like he runs out of steam towards the end yeah been you know he's been around done it a long time he's got the other, one thing I do like is this an adop, adoptive part of him. For now. He lives in Austin, right? He's got he's married to an mm-hmm. Austin native, so that's a yeah, in your own bed if you like sort of thing. That's a that's a great thing to that. But um, yeah, I mean, you just look at those guys. You mentioned how well he played last year. Um, he was what was he? So he beat Lee West four and three. He beat Tyrrell Hassan three and two. Did lose five and three to Matt Wallace, but whatever. You know, they can get odd results here. And then beat Mackenzie Hughes two and one. And just lost out to Victor Perez, who was was having a good week. Mm-hmm. Um, did lose to Bryson in the singles at the Ryder Cup, but I can forgive that considering he how he carried how, a big load that week. Yeah, he was so good that week. Like he was one of the only good standout performers for Europe, and he's just done it way too many times positively for me to to bag on him for something that he did one wrong once. So um, absolutely fine. This next group is I don't know what to do. So answer Webb Simpson, Brian Harmon, Bubba Watson. I just clicked Bubba Watson because I don't know, but um, interested to hear your. T- I think I think it'd be too much golf for Webb Simpson the way he's he, the, the injury problems he's had. Um, Answer is playing better, which is a good sign. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I just went with Bubba just based on the fact that I know he can do it here. Answer, I didn't. He kind of stunk last week, um, tracking him a lot, and I like the two. I like the two Georgia Bulldogs here myself. I like Harmon and Bubba. Um, you know, speaking of golf memories, I think when Bubba won this thing was one of the best performances individually I've seen. Yeah. Oh my God! Like just moving it left and right and making all the shots and hitting and rolling his putts in. I, um, I vividly remember that week. And you know, when you look at Bubba, he usually pre- um, performs well at the same course. So you know, the Masters, Riviera, it goes on and on. So the fact that he's won here already and can envision those shots, he knows what to do here. Um, I'm with you. I think I think Bubba. I, I like Harmon as well. He's playing very well. I, I like the fact that he finished hot on Sunday at Valspar. Yeah. Both those two guys I like. 
So they both beat each other two and one at this golf course. Brian Harmon beat him two and one last year, and Bubba beat him two and one when he ran train on everybody in 2018. So it really is hard to split the two. I think Answers still, although he's playing better, still not at his best. And and Webb, I just worry about um, the the longevity of the tournament. So I like Bubba Watson for some reason. I won't click into there. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, Louis Tazen, Paul Casey, Corey Connors, Alex Noren. Uh, my first pick this week to win uh, was Alex Noren. And I've got to be honest, I don't love the group. <laughs> He's got Paul Casey and Louis Ustazen, which are match play, match play veterans. He's got Corey Connors that can ball strike his way round. But um, he's got to have a good week to get into Augusta. I like that kind of angle to it. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it could be a good week for Alex Noren. Yeah, actually, initially he was my, my click as well. Um, but... I was going to bet him to win, and I kind of backed off of that um, after I saw the group, and I just like a couple other guys, and I do think he's going to play very well. Um, I don't know, but I don't know about win. Louis is always tough in this format. Casey, I mean, he just almost won the players two weeks ago and had a nice. He's so up. good. Like he, he's he, Paul Casey is so so good, and like I will probably circle him to look at for every major this year. And match play has just always been his bag. Like it's just never, there's never been a question about Paul Casey's. Um, you know, ability and match play. The only, the only thing was his recent record here wasn't great. You know, he halved with Webb Simpson. He beat Taylor Gooch, uh, lost to Mackenzie Hughes, lost to Francesco Bolinari, uh, beat Smith, halved with Howe. So he's very mixed bag at this golf course. He's not mm-hmm. mixed in general. So that was the only shimmer of hope that I had for Alex Noren. But if I was taking a safe pick here, it would probably be Paul Casey for me. Yeah, um, but I like Noren. I think let's move him on. Okay, cool. Noren, it is. Um, Xander Schauffele, Tony Finau, Lucas Herbert, Takumi Kanaya. Um, Xander Schauffele's got the softest running of any of the top seeds. Is that fair to say? It is. It is fair to say. Um, how do you feel about him? I'm, I'm going back and forth. I don't know. I think he's been largely disappointing. I think he's underwhelming career-wise. I think he's underwhelming recently. I think everything that everyone else is saying about Xander Schauffele is true. There's always going to be supporters of his. There's always going to be people that think he can win because of the people we've seen win. Um, lost to Rory McIlroy when, you know, Rory decided to turn up at the Ryder Cup. Halved with Scotty Scheffler last year. You could say that as a positive considering Scheffler went on to win. Uh, beat Jason Day. Halved with Andy Sullivan. So, up and down week there. Did beat Adam Scott in the President's Cup in 2019. So it's, it's... I don't know. He's got a decent record. He's beaten Lee Westwood. He's hard with Hatton. He's, you know, when he played here in 2018, he beat Shavanka Sharma and Dylan Fratelli as you'd expect him to. So I like the fact that when he's played a lot of weaker opposition, he's dispatched them. And I think with an outperformed Tony Finau and Lucas Herbert and Takumi Kanaya, I'm happy to take him as advancing. But um, I'm not sure he'd get any further than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an easy group, like you said. Um, and I put Kanaya here just because, again, that same international angle of a guy who kind of made a run and no one expected them to, just because I didn't like the group and I wanted to fade Xander. But I think it's definitely a much it's, safer... It's, it's fun, though, isn't it? It's fun yeah. to take those guys. When when you know, when you've got someone that is a strong favourite um, in, in the group but isn't playing to his potential... It's fun to try and take him on. So let's put Kanaya in. Let's have it. Let's, let's do right. it. Um, this is this is a great group. I love this group. Justin Thomas, Kevin Kisner, Mark Leishman, Luke List. When Justin Thomas saw this group, I think he's disappointed. I think he's worried because he's got the best player at this golf course. That's undeniable. He's got a winner and a runner-up in Kevin Kisner. Uh, Mark Leishman is just... He can beat anyone on any given day at any time. Uh, real grinder attitude. Luke List can just ball strike you to death um, mm-hmm. if he if he's on. So Luke List is, is tailed off. So I'm not necessarily on him. Um, he's played six matches here and lost five of them. So maybe not a good goal course. The only person he has beat is Fitz, which is concerning for Fitz. Um, Leishman. I, can't, I, can't, I never remember him doing anything here, but he's a decent match play player. No, I don't remember that. I don't remember either. So, 2019, he got out of his group beating Bryson, Russell Knotts, Kiradek, 
uh, all pretty comprehensively, and then lost Louis Oosthuizen, which is no uh, mean feat, like we said. But before that, he'd been very poor uh, in it, and then last year, not great either. So I, I would say it was between Kisner and Thomas, and I'd probably give it to Kisner. So funny story: the year that um, I think it was the year Bubba won, or maybe it might have been the year Kisner won, but JT and Luke Liss were in the in the group together, and I bet Luke Liss like plus. 220 to beat him one-on-one i was like this is just too big and list missed like a two-foot putt and then he threw his putter in the lake <laughs> and for the last 15 holes he had to putt with his wedge he almost won i think he lost two and one um but i'll always remember that story um as far as this group goes i like jt uh, i don't i hate the fact that he's in kisner's group i'd like to see kisner go on he's been so good here but i had jt but i'm willing to um defer to kisner here I'd only be, but just because Kisner's just, if it is, I said this earlier to someone, because someone said to me, I'm not really on Kisner, I don't buy into the Kisner thing, and any other golf course, like anyone, I just wouldn't care, like, because there was always a talk of he should have been in the Ryder Cup the last two years, and all this talk, he's best match play player, and all, no, he's not, he's just very, very good at this golf course, and, and it's mm-hmm. as simple as that, and for that reason, that reason alone, just the fact that JT's had a few lit down weeks, he's got the Masters coming up, um, I'm, I'm going to going to put my flag in and take Kisner of those um, knowing that I'll be the wrong one when JT wins <laughs> um, next is face someone tweeted earlier when they tweeted the screen I think it was Doug Ferguson Jordan Spieth Adam Scott Justin Rose Keegan Bradley and he was like group of death question mark how can we possibly know it's like one of the most out of sorts groups Maybe the group of death in 2014. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe the group of death because it would be so boring watching it. Maybe. I mean, it's. I expect. I mean, anyone can win this group. I I, I wouldn't bet Jordan Spieth because he's the favourite, but. Um, Keegan Bradley hasn't got a fight. Miguel Angel Jimenez. So that's always a bonus. Um, I've taken Scott for the purposes of the bracket, but I wouldn't be surprised if if Bradley came good. Um. We've reached another bet in uh, in my bracket here. <laughs> I I took Spieth. Um, really? I, okay. I I never back him, but so a couple reasons I like him. One, he played very well here last year. He came out of the came out of his group, um, and I forget who he lost to. Um, but I just think in a match play event in Texas, in a place where he putts it really well, he's in the last two years he's gained over seven strokes putting twice the two best his best putting performance of 2020 and 2021 both of them were at colonial so yeah. i i think these texas greens are something he's very used to obviously being a ut ut guy and i just think he's very under the radar this week in an event that should really suit him and because in match play what do you do you just gotta he doesn't have to play that well just make you can make a double bogey doesn't matter and then just drill a 35 footer and some and you know just like we saw with cam smith of the players like and that's enough I think that's the thing with Jordan Spieth is uh, like you you have to remove from what you've seen and I've seen him blow up a hole and I've seen him blow up a round and let everyone down. Uh, it's never me because I'll never back him, but um, you can back him in two weeks' time on, on basically his favourite golf course in the world. But um, I can see it. I, I, when I look at the record, so he halved with Tommy Fleetwood last year in the Ryder Cup. Uh, he lost to Matt Kuchar, who you're thinking of, which is Mm-hmm. Again, no no real uh, issue. He beat Corey Connors, beat Matthew Fitzpatrick, half with Matthew Wolf, so that was all fine with me. Um, lost to Bubba Watson and half with Billy Horshaw in 2019, beat Kevin Nahr. He lost five and four to Thorbjorn Odison at the Golf National, which is, you know, interesting in itself. Um, tough week for, for America there, though. So Not a good know. course for him. No, spraying no. It. 2018 here, he lost to Patrick Reed, um, beat Hao Tong Lee, beat Charles Schwartzel, lost to Jonathan Vegas at Liberty National. Like he's not, mm. he's not got the greatest singles record. That 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 would be, I think when I looked at, I think I looked at it last year for like Presidents Cup, Ryder Cup. In general match play, like in this event, he's fine, uh, and that's all that really matters. But um, it's a tough one, this one. I mean, if if, if you bet him, then I think we put him in the bracket because. I don't have a strong assertion either way, but I I just hate the group. I, I've got no interest in it other, other than tracking your bet. Rose Rose is out of sorts, and then you look at 
Keegan Bradley, his overall singles record is one eleven and four. <laughs> yeah, it's so. not good, is it? <laughs> and which which uh, did it? I can't even remember how does he, how did that match end up when he played Miguel Ingrid? I don't I don't remember. He definitely oh, when, when they got in the argument. I, I, yeah, I don't know. He's never won a match at this golf course, so oh yeah, one and two. Let's go speed there, right? Let's go speed. So then, I like this group. This group's really interesting. Wacky Neiman, Kevin Nahr, Russell Henley, Maverick McNeely. Maverick McNeely, a late entrance after Sam Burns withdrew earlier today. Um, I've got Russell Henley going through. We've reached my final bet. Russell, Russell Henley, 50 to good. 1. We can click on him. That's easy. That's good. Um, just absolute phenomenon, T to Green, right? He's just absolutely ridiculous um that's gonna lull some people to sleep just how well he's hitting the ball uh maverick mcneely is, is what it is kevin nar is slightly out of sorts coming back from another birth of another of his child uh wacky neiman hasn't been as good since he won the genesis and again i just think when you look at these guys that are uh, looking ahead at majors in terms of wacky neiman russell henley's on the here and now trying to get a win while he's hit the ball so yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's like fill in the blank. Kisner, Kucher, who's a guy you would say? Henley, yeah. it's, it's the similar type of guy. Um, and I, I liked, you know, I don't love going with the narratives like that, but the SEC college golf thing is seems to be a real thing here. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think he he just strikes you as a match player, right? Like I think I think when he was sort of first about and making putts from, you know, putting has been his... Uh, issue in, in in recent times, but when he was winning the Sony and he was winning the Honda and he was draining putts from here there and everywhere, like you just he just strikes me as a good match play player, even if he hasn't necessarily backed it up yet. He he's been good putting recently too. The last three or four months, he's been very good. And he's like again, he'll put pressure on you. He's going to hit the fairway. He's going to put his twenty feet. See what you can do. Yeah, and you look at so the first year that he played uh, this course, so twenty eighteen, he lost to Paul Casey. If you're going to lose to someone, then then Paul Casey's fine. Beat Matthew Fitzpatrick. There's a lot of people beating Matthew Fitzpatrick. That's a, <laughs> that's not good for him, is it? Uh, he lost to Carl Stanley, which is a little bit of a concern. But um, again, probably similar type of player. Just really good ball strikers that when someone gets the putt luck that day, uh, it's great. And then he beat Victor Perez four and three last year uh, when Victor Perez actually was playing well and went on. So um, interesting. I like I like Russell Henley there. Let's let's stick with him. Yeah. Last group to mention is Victor Hovland, Will Zalatoris, Cameron Tringali, and Sepp Stracker. Um, another one, I think, was looking at his group and thinking he's he's drawn a, a tough draw, I think, in Victor Hovland. I think Zalatoris is he's another one of my bets. Um, people are going back and forth. I take the approach that a bad putter can come good because he's good at lag putts and he's good at mid-range putts. He can probably set up a lot of birdie chances. Whereas, and I sort of said the the... The two or three footers are either going to be conceded to him or, you know, not consequential, right? Whereas some people will say, well, people know how bad he is that those two or three footers are going to make him putt it. It just depends who he plays. Like, Victor's not going to make him putt them, I don't think. No, no. Um, I would Cameron, make him putt him. Cameron Tregali probably will because Cameron yeah. Tregali likes money. Um, yeah. And Sepp Stryker wants to advance. But I've got uh, Zalatoris coming out of this group. I also did... Um... I'm a little concerned with the flavor of the week type thing that's going on yeah. with him. Um, but, yeah, I had him coming out, but I don't feel as good as many other people do. Um, I, I assume he's going to be pretty high-owned in when we talk about DraftKings. Yeah, I, I'd rather play Henley in, in that quadrant. Yeah, no, I can understand that. So uh, just as a, a team that I've got together at the moment, based on kind of what we've said uh, in DraftKings, John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood, Keith Mitchell, Russell Henley, Alex Noren with one spot left. How, how does that sound to you at the moment? That sounds good. What have we got left? So we've got 7,900 left. So Same. we've got... So let's just, just try and think of guys that we've put through. Uh, Tom Hoagie, 6,800, leaves a lot of money on the table uh, that we've put through. We've got... Takumi Kanai is 6,000. Kisner, uh, is he in too, in too bad of a spot? Kisner, no, Kisner's here, 7,600. It is. It's just... It's taking when you've got Kisner, Noren, and Henley on the same side, yeah. in the same bit. But I, th- I think Bubba. there's a 
Bubba, 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 what price is Bubba? Let's have a look. 72. Bubba it is. I think that's yeah. probably the wiser play, right? They can, yep. uh, that can last a little bit longer. So, John Rahn, Tommy Fleetwood, Keith Mitchell, Russell Henley, Alex Noren, Bubba Watson. I think that would right. be pretty unique, right? Official show lineup. That's it. That's, we're getting a little bit wild there. I don't think that's going to be the chalkiest of play, so that's cool. Let's, let's carry on the bracket for the purposes of the podcast. So, go back to the very start again. John Rahm versus Brooks Kepka. Rahm winning that? Yes. Cool. So, Rahm uh, proceeds from that. Do you think Dustin's going to proceed uh, against Lee Westwood? Yeah, I think... I had Westwood going. You had Westwood. But, Let's do that. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood to beat Tom Hoagie, I imagine, is mm-hmm. where you're going with that one. And I'm going to take Keith Mitchell to beat Tyrrell Hassan. I had that as well. Cool. Um, going over to Sergio Garcia versus Bubba Watson. I'm going to take Sergio. Same. Cool. Uh, Paul Casey to beat Takumi Kanai. Do we have Norn in there? Norrin, 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 Norrin. Where is Norrin? We, I thought we had Norrin over Casey. Let's take Norrin over Casey. So Norrin over Kanaya. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, Kevin Kisner versus Jordan Spieth. I, I know you're not huge on on uh, Spieth. Let's go Kisner. Russell Henley versus Bulls Alatoris. Henley. Henley. Okay, you get you get the Henley. I'll get the kids. Then. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we are left with John Rahm versus Lee Westwood. Rahm. Rahm. Uh, Fleetwood versus Mitchell. You tell me. I'm gonna go Mitchell. I'm gonna back. I'm gonna back him to go. I think he's gonna go far. I bet him. So that's good for me. Alex Noren versus Sergio. This is where maybe the fatigue starts to kick in for Sergio. Yeah, I'd like to give him one more. If do you, yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah, go one Sergio. More. And then Kevin Kisner versus Russell Henley. I really like Henley. Let's go Henley. So then we have got that leaves us with John Rahm versus Keith Mitchell to get into the final. Mitchell. We're, we're riding Mitchell. Let's, yeah. I'll, go to, I'll go to bet Mitchell this rate. And then we've got Sergio versus Russell Henley. So you think it could be a Henley-Mitchell final? Yeah, Georgia Bulldogs, right? Leaving the Spaniards to contend the third-place match. Yeah. Uh, who who wins that one? Um, Ron, that's Sergio's where, toast. That's where Sergio's dead, right? Yeah. He's, he's crawling at this point. So we, we have got for the Lost for Words bracket... We have got Keith Mitchell playing Russell Henley in the final, which sounds ridiculous, right? But when you look at the finals, like Billy Horschel, Scotty Scheffler, I know they were slightly higher um, seeded. I think they were both kind of in the 30s. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not that uncommon in this type of event to get... I think I put it out there. Like, There's only been one final contended between two seeds in the top 16, and that was the first year, Jason Day versus Oosthuizen, which was two yeah. versus 16. Kim won it. It's probably Kisner Cooch. Like I think, I think, I think Kisner was like the forty-eighth guy or something. Yeah, and Bu- uh, was it Bubba Kiz? Bubba was thirty-fifth, and Kiz was. I yeah. can't remember what he was now. So I, I think, you know, it's it's just different priorities, different motivations. I think some guys probably just want to get out of there a little bit earlier than others. Like, it's this golf course, I think, too. Yeah, good equaliser as well. Yeah, so look, so Billy Horschel was thirty-second, Scotty Scheffler thirtieth. Kisner was 48th versus Matt Kuchar 23rd. But Watson 35th against Kisner 32nd. Dustin won DJ 20. Uh, DJ won round 21. And then Day, who stays in 2 and 16. So the last three, three years have been. But Day, who stays in, was at a different course. That was the first year here. Oh, it was. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I thought that. I thought that was at Dove Mountain, but it definitely wasn't. Okay. Day, played, Day beat De Buisson at. Uh, Dove Mountain. Right, right. When he was chipping, or they were all chipping out of the Katsas at that point. Um, so yeah, so that's where we are. That is our, our final bracket. We'll put it up on Twitter. Uh, we can all make fun of the fact that we've got Keith Mitchell and Russell. That's not where I thought that was going. I've got to be honest. Uh, I did not think Keith Mitchell, Russell Henley would be our final, but I see no reason why it can't happen. 
I love it. Let's do the um the show lineup again. I'm gonna throw it in the in the big five dollar. Yeah, so we've got John Rahm eleven three. Yep. We've got Tommy Fleetwood eight thousand. Yep. Keith Mitchell seven one. Yep. Russell Henley seven nine. Sorry for those OCD guys that want it all in price order. Yep. Uh, Alex Norin seven eight and Bubba Watson seven two. All right, I'm putting it in right now. If we win twenty five k, we'll split it. Sounds good to me. Here we go. I, I, I will set. I will Venmo you two dollars no. fifty. We, we 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 can split that. Um, this is great. I enjoyed that. Matt. I think it was a good way to to kind of approach the event. We talked about some bets. Um, to, so to clarify my bets, I've gone with uh, Will's Alatoris, uh, Alex Norrin, and Kevin Kisner, which all from the same side, right? But I just like those three guys. and I really like the motivations for them. And I think that I'll probably take one of... I'll probably take Mitchell, so I've got someone from the other side. I think that's probably the best thing for me to do. Yeah. Um, and for me, I got Speed 35, Fleetwood, Henley, and Sergio, all 50, and Henley uh, and Mitchell, 90. This is a fun tournament. I know people dogging it a little bit. People don't like it where it is in the schedule. Um, the people that kind of sit out of it and things like that. Um, and no matter what the tournament and the sponsors try and do, they're not going to get all their guys in on the semi-final and finals. Um, so I think it's, I think it's good fun. I think it's a good tune-up for... It's not great. It's not a great tune-up for Augusta, right? But it's a good barometer of where people are with certain areas of the game. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. It's a great change of pace from what we've been getting. And... Wednesday through Friday are three of the best days in golf of the year because you get matchups everywhere. I will say, if you don't have anybody involved that you've bet on Saturday, Sunday, it can get a little bit slow because there's not no golf shots to show. But yeah, Wednesday through Friday is some of the best entertainment golf TV you're ever going to see. And you can build up those huge bets where you pick the winner from each group and just hope they all get through. And yeah, yeah. You, you can make <laughs> these these massive losing bets, right? But absolutely. Um, all good fun and uh, I really enjoyed it so Matt thank you very much for joining me this week uh, we won't be here next week for the Valerio Texas Open uh, I am away in New York City so I will not be here uh, so unfortunately Matt uh, doesn't want to talk into the void himself I, I, I wouldn't want to either um, before before we go off Matt is there anyone that you'd want to mention for the Corrales? Uh, no I was going to uh, you, you know my guy i was going to ask you is martin Keimer have a chance this week that's my weekly yeah, question I, I think he probably does you know i laughed i laughed you off. no one got to hear me laugh you off last time yeah he looked good for a decent period of time um i just hudson swafford was so, was so big like he was like 66 to 1 uh, i thought it was wild so uh hudson yeah. swafford was a the guy there um and i thought some of them had maybe had a chance the way he's ball striking it but it's not an event I'm too heavily involved in. No, what what, were, what was Keimer's odds? He was about sixty-six to one as well, I believe. Let me just double check here. I'll go to your American odds rather than my English odds. <laughs> there is Martin Keimer, sixty-six to one across the board. All right, there's my official play. There we go, sixty-six to one, Martin <laughs> Keimer, Hudson Swafford, fifty to one. Um, I like it, Matt. Really enjoyed that, and uh, let's catch up soon. All right, fun as always. Good luck. Mm-hmm.